1: Social media giants here in the Bay Area have let misinformation and violent language spread on their platforms for years. And a lot of that fueled the attack on the Capitol last week. In response, these companies took a drastic step and banned or restricted President Trump's accounts. Some people were upset, some were thrilled, and some wondered what took them so long.
0: We now understand that these companies have their algorithmic finger on the scales and that they're, they're more concerned with making money from advertising than they are with freedom of speech.
1: Today, we're going to talk about Silicon Valley, because they control the platforms where a lot of us communicate these days. And while they do have the right to ban Trump, the bigger problems with these social media platforms still haven't been solved. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay.
2: Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world.
1: I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California.
2: part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support.
0: Let's just remind everybody right now that we're talking about Private entities, when we're talking about social media platforms, they have a First Amendment legal right to moderate the content on their platforms.
1: This is Rachel Miro. She's a senior editor for KQED's Silicon Valley Desk. So why kick Trump off their platforms now?
0: A line was crossed. Whatever calculation the big boys of Silicon Valley were making, and it must be said they are mostly boys, that calculation shifted when they saw people march into the U.S. Capitol with firearms. They felt heat from their own employees, just appalled at what they saw happening. I mean, this, this was an attack on the foundations, the very foundations of this nation's democracy. You know, you add to that that This guy, Trump, isn't going to be in power for very many more days, God willing. I think the decision was obvious.
1: Well, now we know that these big tech companies, Twitter, Facebook, Google, not only have the power, but they do have the will to kick off the president of the United States. And I think for a lot of people to actually see that happen was really important, was a big milestone. And I think a lot of those people were also asking, what took them so long?
0: Well, you know, I, I will say that, you know, uh, there were an awful lot of people posting right after these decisions were announced, along the lines of too little, too late. Facebook has enabled misinformation and disinformation, not because it has a particular political slant at the top you know in the C suite as as many federal lawmakers claim but because they're not eager to get rid of things that garner a lot of likes and follows and and shares and forwards and cuz all of that all of that traffic all of those eyeballs add up to advertising revenues and Facebook is fundamentally an advertising company
2: How do you sustain a business model in which users don't pay for your service? Senator, we run ads.
0: They have been engaged in a delicate dance in recent years, uh, trying to fend off tougher regulation from both sides, from Democratic lawmakers as well as Republican lawmakers, who hate these platforms for different reasons.
2: After this new algorithm was implemented, uh, that there was a tremendous bias against conservative news and content, in a favorable bias towards liberal content.
0: Would I be able to run advertisements on Facebook targeting Republicans in primary, saying that they voted for the Green New Deal? I mean, if you're not fact-checking political advertisements, I'm just trying to understand the the bounds here. And up until these last few days of the Trump administration, uh, President Trump has been a credible threat to the economic welfare of these companies. They have been worried about keeping him off their backs, Uh, and for good reason, right? A president can issue executive orders. A president can sick federal regulators and prosecutors onto Silicon Valley tech companies. And indeed, we have seen more of that happen in the last few weeks of the Trump administration than for four years previous, So those are very real concerns uh, that people in the C-suite had. Also, let's not forget that big tech, increasingly they are vying for and landing major government contracts. So it's not just advertising, it's also government contracts, and you just don't want to offend whoever happens to be in power. That was a very probable, realistic assessment of threat on the part of Mark Zuckerberg. We must say here that we're not just talking about Facebook, we're talking about Google and YouTube and Twitter. Because they're trying to to fend off uh, an actual regulatory crackdown, uh, they've been doing a little dance in recent years. As people become more aware uh, that algorithms encourage misinformation and disinformation,
1: If you're somebody who wants to use social media, Twitter, Facebook for good or you're somebody who just enjoys different perspectives on these platforms, should you be concerned about the power that these companies have to unilaterally kick you off? Even if you might be be relieved to see President Trump, you know, off of Twitter.
0: Yeah. I mean, I you know, I think if you talk to David Green, senior staff attorney and civil liberties director at the Electronic Frontier Foundation, He will acknowledge that personally, as a citizen of this country, he was appalled by what he saw on that fateful day.
1: It's really hard to understate how horrifying that was. My free speech heart doesn't bleed a ton for perhaps the most powerful person in the world having a more difficult time speaking to people.
0: But he's also looking at the big picture one fear is that uh, it's a very dangerous moment we find ourselves in when, when private entities with no legal repercussions have so much power to dictate, to control the, the quality, the nature of public political discourse. We haven't talked about this, but I asked David about the decision by Amazon Web Services to ban Parler, which is, it's become a home for people on the right uh, who are trying to avoid the content moderation that they're facing on Facebook and Twitter and the like. And David said he had mixed feelings about Amazon's decision.
1: I understand the decision, and and maybe on some level, don't think it's an awful one for them to make. I understand why they make it, but it's, it's just concerning to watch them exercise that power. And, and I think we really need to think about at that level of market domination and that deep in the infrastructure, what we want our policies to be. Where does this leave us? What should we be paying attention to, as you know, Biden becomes our next president next week?
0: Well, there is no doubt in my mind that um, great political thinkers uh, throughout this nation and specifically in Washington D.C. will be asking themselves, what do we need to adjust in terms of, you know, the law, prosecutorial controls. Uh, to make sure that this kind of thing can't happen again. And uh, something to bear in mind is that, you know, the Biden administration is already being packed with people who come straight out of Silicon Valley at the highest levels. So I have my doubts about, you know, how tough a crackdown lies ahead for for these uh, social media companies. Uh, but there is going to be talk about expanding legal powers not just Republicans, Democrats, too, in high office in recent years have been calling for uh, more access to encrypted communication. And that's going to be, I think, a big point of contention and discussion in the years to come.
1: I, I think these companies' decisions in the past couple of weeks is a reminder of how much power tech has, Silicon Valley has, like, the reason this is all such a big deal is because so much of our communication happens on these platforms controlled by just a few men, really.
0: It's not an even playing field, social media. Whatever we heard in the past from Mark Zuckerberg, I'm sorry, we didn't realize, we just wanted, you know, to to leave an open platform for discussion. We now understand this to be false, we now understand that these companies have their algorithmic finger on the scales, and that they're they're more concerned with making money from advertising than they are with freedom of speech. Sad to say, fear and rage, you know, are more enticing or more powerful uh, than than some of our loftier motivations, our loftier emotions. And there has been a a poisoning of political discourse in this country enabled by social media. And I I think we're all aware of that. And I I think the culpability lies directly with the decision makers in Silicon Valley and the programmers who have done their bidding. We we need to have a reassessment. We need to um, have a come to Jesus moment in Silicon Valley where we ask, is this the world we want to live in? Is this a world that feels safe to us for democracy going forward?
1: Rachel's continuing to follow this story. And she's heard that a lot of people who may be planning violent activities in the run-up to Joe Biden's inauguration have moved to encrypted sites where it's harder to recruit more people, but also where it's harder to see what they're planning. Rachel Myro is senior editor for KQED Silicon Valley Desk. This episode was produced by Erica Cruz-Guevara, Kiana Mogadam, myself, and our editor Alan Montesilio. KQED's podcast leadership team includes Jessica Placzek, Erica Aguilar, Vinny Tong, Ethan Tovin-Lindsey, and Holly Kernan. I'm Devin Katayama, that's it from us. Talk to you next time.